When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, howdy there, Internet people. It's Bo again. So today, we're going to conduct a little thought exercise. And we're going to talk about the structure of movements. Um, Movements like the one that has sprung up in the United States over the last few years. And why the movement in the U.S. seems to be deviating from a very established norm and a pattern that exists all over the world. And we're going to talk about what that might mean, why that uh, that change is occurring, and what it may mean long term. Okay, generally speaking, when you are talking about movements that seek to change the system of governance by force, they uh, tend to divide up into two wings. You have the political wing and the militant wing. The militant wing is the one everybody knows about. Okay, those are the people out there getting headlines. Those are the people that might, I don't know, rush into a building while something was going on in an attempt to stop it. Something like that, right? These are the people who are using violence or the threat of violence to influence those beyond the immediate area of attack to achieve a political, religious, ideological, or monetary goal. Those people. That's the militant wing. The political wing are the people who are providing cover for the militant wing. They're putting a kindler, gentler face on the movement. They're typically people in elected office, right? And what they normally do is they condemn the action, right? Oh, that thing that that other wing did, that was bad. They shouldn't have done that. But why did they do it? Didn't they really just have the purest of intentions? Aren't they just true patriots? And maybe we should think about what they were trying to achieve, and maybe we should just do that. The idea is to advocate for the goals while condemning the action, right? And the militant wing doesn't get mad about this because they know they're going to do it because it's all a giant game. It's a show for the public, right? That's how it's supposed to work. So the people in the political wing should jump at the chance to, I don't know, talk to a committee and make the case because then they can come out and grandstand. They can say, this is what we talked about. This is what I said. This is, this is why we really need to address this issue. What does it mean if they don't do that? If, if they suddenly go silent and nobody wants to uh, make the case, what happens when the political wing stops doing that, and why would they stop? See, I think people understand that there are two wings to movements like this. I'm not sure that they understand why. Um, This structure is to give the political wing plausible deniability. It's to give them the ability to say, no, I'm not part of that group. 
that that's the reason, and they do that because if you're in elected office, generally speaking, it's kind of hard to get reelected if you've been linked to a group like that in most places. Aside from that, in most countries, um, it's kind of illegal to try to change the system of governance by force. Most nations tend to look down on that sort of thing. So the people who are out there speaking for that movement, well, they can't be linked to it. The political wing and the militant wing, they don't talk to each other, not openly, ever. They only communicate via the press through like prepared statements or through dead drops or cutouts. Dead drops are, uh, think about any spy movie you've ever seen where somebody writes a message and then hides it in like a hollowed out log and then leaves and somebody gets it later. That's a dead drop. The two people never meet face to face. A cutout is a trusted intermediary. Um, Now, this is somebody who in movies is generally depicted as a guy wearing like khaki cargo pants and a pea coat and a watch cap, and he picks up like the envelope and goes and delivers it. Um, That's not how it works in real life. Um, Most times, more often than not, it's like a bartender or maybe a, uh, a a pretty woman like Julia Roberts. Because if it's something like that, it gives the person meeting them a reason to be tail conscious. So if they're under surveillance, it doesn't look weird that they were uh, looking over their shoulder the whole time when they arrive at their destination. The people pulling surveillance on them are like, oh, well, yeah, he didn't want to get caught doing that. And it doesn't look like it has anything to do with some plot. Um, a, a good cutout generally would be somebody who is nondescript. It would be somebody who is uh, has no public-facing allegiance to either the political group, the political wing, or the militant wing. They would be uh, seen as uninvolved with it. They would be relatively unknown. Um, so that division between the political wing and the militant wing exists for a reason. It, 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 it exists to provide plausible deniability. And in order for that to work, the, uh, the two sides can't ever talk. They can't have communications going back and forth. I'm not sure that the movement in the United States knew that. I don't think they understood that aspect of it. A really horrible person to use as a cutout would be, hypothetically speaking, I don't know, a incredibly well-known political commentator with a podcast. That would be a really bad person to use. Somebody who has public-facing allegiances to both the political wing and the militant wings. That would, that would be a really bad idea. You would have to be really, really horrible at this to use somebody like that as your conduit for communication because you would almost certainly get caught. Now, if you engaged in a major activity and were unaware of the fact that that division was supposed to exist, 
that that compartmentalization between the political wing and the militant wing was supposed to be there, and it didn't when some major event occurred, well, it would be very advisable for the political wing to not talk about it. It would be even more so if the questions were going to be about their communications. If members of a would-be political wing were uh, in that situation, they would probably be worried about a parallel criminal investigation going on. So they wouldn't want to say anything under oath about their communications um, that could be used against them later. Probably because they might know that politician X called politician Y, who then called somebody outside of politics, who then had direct contact with somebody in a militant group. And all of those communications are logged. That might explain why uh, we don't see the perceived political wing here in the United States attempting to get out there and make the case. Why they're not rushing to talk to the committee. That would make sense. And to be honest, it's the only thing I can think of. Um, Because even those who may be just completely unaware of any type of organized activity, it, it would seem that they would also want to talk to the committee because it's just good politics for them right now. But there are a lot of people not wanting to do that. You have to wonder why. And the only reason that I can come up with is that they didn't understand why there was supposed to be a division between the political wing and the militant wing. Why that compartmentalization exists in the first place. It's not just to divide up the pacifists from the other people. It's not why it happens. And I don't think they understood that. I have a feeling that by the time this is all said and done, we are going to find out that there were uh, communication links between people who are currently sitting in Congress and... uh, the leadership of militant movements that were involved in what happened on the 6th. I could be wrong, but I don't think I am. Anyway, it's just a thought. Y'all have a good day.